Hey there, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast, where we bring to you the joy and excitement of you about women's athletics. Certainly have had maybe a few less things this week take place than normally this time of year and with the events and the schools and the programs that are participated in things, but still a few exciting things have gone on and certainly always stuff that we can talk about and fill in on the edges about other sports that may not be going yet, but are possibly putting that news out there and could be right on the brink of getting their season started. In any event, we've either got stuff going on, stuff about to happen, and we can always take a look back at the stuff that was. So uh, in the terms of, uh, what was it, back in the 80s, the little guy used to walk around and said, hey, man, I got stuff. We got stuff today, so we'll have fun with that. It's like George Carlin routine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, stuff in your got too much stuff, so you gotta buy a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> what am I gonna do with all this stuff? You gotta build a place to put your stuff. Then you okay. go on vacation and you take some of your stuff with you. Yeah. God, what a great com- comedian he was. He was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the more funnier, funny ones I've yeah. remembered. Anyway. Yeah. Uh it's a shame to have seen him gone. There's several mm-hmm. of them, but uh, one of my favorites was Robert Williams and some of the, the stuff that he used to pull. Yeah. It was hilarious. He was just a, totally crazy. But yep. Both of you fell grads, of course. No, I'm kidding. Neither one. <laughs> fell, I don't think. Uh, I think. But as we are want to do this time of the show, we kind of catch up with the guys a little bit. We have a total of three on the broadcast today. Case has been in, in Memphis all week and no, he's he's not been walking on Beale. No, he's not been down there visiting Graceland or anything like that. Had some convention work, and hopefully everything went okay for him. He didn't mention anything that coincided where his his conferences that he had to go to down there uh, interfered or, or kind of got in the way of any of the protesting that's going on down there. He got an article up this morning, so we're assuming he's okay. So good for him. Daryl is headed back out this morning. She's got a uh, bit of a uh, domestic problem in, within the structure of her house, not with the roommate in her house, where there's a leak in the ceiling. And it's something that people have to come take a look at. So Daryl is being viewed by an outside source. It can always be fun, I guess. But we do have Jared in the house. We also have Jeff in the house. And me, Paulie, in the house, which we like to kind of do at the start of the show, we'll we'll catch up with the guys a little bit. Uh, I, Jared, I guess to say it's been a kind of a busy, different week for you would be an understatement, sir. Yeah, it's uh, certainly been a long, uh, up and down week and a half or so uh, with the passing of my grandma last week and getting all that and the visitation funeral going on at the start of this week. Uh, the circus I was in town last weekend had also contracted me to come out and do some work and it was a great opportunity in terms of uh, what they were offering for me. And then it's, we rolled out a brand new system at, at work and we moved to the cloud over last weekend and there was a lot of coming in early and working some really long shifts of work uh, including a 6.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday and a pretty similar Thursday. And thankfully by Friday we finally got back to normal, but I did a lot of sleeping yesterday. Always good to get that one day where you can kind of catch up and go for it. Right, but it looks like things are uh, back to normal. It's a busy weekend with men and women's basketball for me, so I'll spend a lot of time at the Yum Center this weekend. Yeah, uh, of course uh, we'll be down there for the women's game, all three of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, uh, I guess they're still on the schedule playing somebody too. So if you, you all want to go down there and possibly watch the men play, like a lot of people have never had the opportunity to, to for a while since they were in the, um, this is certainly your chance to do it now, right? I just advise people buy your upper level tickets as cheap as can be and move to the lower bowl. Cause there are plenty of seats that are open. There are indeed <laughs> tons of them. Uh, what we won't go into that too much. It's just a situation where, you know, yeah. Use a little smarts with you there, Jungle Jim. You'll be fine. Jeff in the house as well. Jeff and I were, were talking about stuff and moving. <laughs> and 
everybody's got a lot of stuff, don't they, Jeff? Yeah, I need to get rid of stuff. I'm trying to do that. Uh, yeah, um, by afternoon, freed up. Uh, I thought I was going to have to fight my home automation system. Uh, I wasn't able to pull it up on my phone, but then it turns out it was the phone that was being stupid. It rebooted the phone and it came right up. So uh, I, I was worried that was going to take up my afternoon, but now I have a little bit of time to deal with some of the stuff in my life, I guess. So yeah, tie that all together in a nice pretty bow. When you can devote time to your stuff, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, mostly getting rid of it. But yeah. That's... Sometimes that's the best thing you can do with stuff. Yeah. Just get rid of it. I had a relative years ago who swore to me he would take a look at something at his house. And if he hadn't used it or touched it or done anything with it in a year's time, this is one year's time, mm -hmm. he would move it out to his front yard and put a sign next to it saying free to good home. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad approach to it, you know? It really isn't. Declutter your life a little bit. As you sit around and kind of take a look at, well, where you do your broadcast for these podcasts each, each week, uh, we all have kind of a certain area we like to, hmm. I guess, kind of home in and kind of do the hour from as I look around mine I'm looking at I can tell you about a half a dozen things already just in first notice I don't need in my life I could easily get rid of and I'm sure you guys are probably the same in your situations yeah but as, as for my week uh, kind of a busy kind of one that was been as the, the last several have seemed to have been one that's been Filled up with doctor's appointments and, and things going on. Uh, s some absolutely horrible news as far as one of my doctors and what he is, uh, what has happened with him. He was one of the ones that was kind of championing my cause and was kind of uh, helping me walk through a lot of the paperwork. And uh, he unfortunately has uh, decided that he was leaving his practice and moving out of town. Ugh. That sucks yeah. when you have a good doctor that then, you know, it was, it's, it's leaves or retires or whatever. Ugh. It's a pie in the face routine. Yeah. He says, well, you, this nurse practitioner, well, no, I don't want a nurse practitioner. I want the doctor. Yeah. But then again, you know, you've made the money. And if you've made enough of the money and you've got plenty of stuff, you can go do <laughs> what you want to. That's right. So, uh, other than that, just kind of dealing with this cold weather. I've had some very cold morning walks before 6 a.m. this week, and I, I'm not a fan of these, and I cannot recommend them to you. And they're even rougher at my age than they are at your guys' younger ages. I am ready for spring. Yeah, I think we could take a vote, and I think that would pass three to nothing right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But we'd also like to try to, try to catch you up on things that are happening in the, the world of sports and – with Case not being with us today, we will kind of move over to Jared, our backup here on scheduling and Twitter information, and allow, allow you to go ahead and, and take over that one today, sir. Yep, got everything pulled up here. We'll go on and start with Twitter real quick. Uh, case, who is not here with us today, uh, should rejoin us next Saturday. Tweets out this best case scenario, BST, no E in the word best. Daryl Faust, who is also off this week, uh, tweets out as Daryl Faust 4. That's just the number 4 at the end of it. Uh, Jeff tweets out as uh, Jeff McAdams, and then his Javel one is Card Couple Radio. Polly tweets out as Cardinal Couple, and then I tweet out as Mr. Anderson Jared. And between the five of us, there's plenty of action going on uh, with the Javel news. Moving over to the schedule real quick. Uh, track and field is up in South Bend, Indiana at the Mayo Invitational, spelled M-E-Y-O. Uh, Notre Dame being the host, this is still indoor track and field for a little bit longer due to the weather. Uh, All-day affair going on today. Uh, men's basketball is at home today at the KFCM Center at 2 o'clock against Florida State on ESPN2, hoping to get their second ACC win. Uh, so maybe they'll get on the up and up, but a long shot there. Moving on to tomorrow, women's tennis is going to be at the Bass Road Tennis Center, presumably indoors, looking at the weather. 11 a.m. start time, and that will be against James Madison. Uh, you can go straight from there downtown to the KFCM Center tomorrow again. 
women's basketball has a big one against a, a top 15 North Carolina team. Noon tip-off, this one is set for ESPN2, so you should be able to catch this no matter where you are around the country without any uh, blackouts or restrictions. Monday, everybody is off. Uh, Tuesday, men's basketball hits the road. They'll take on Pittsburgh at 7 p.m. Wednesday, everybody's off again. And we'll move on to Thursday this coming week. Uh, swim and dive will return home for what I believe is the last time this season. They've got the little invitational going on. A lot of that's going to be an all-day affair Thursday and some on Friday. This is more just for those to try and get some qualifying times to compete for ACCs and NCAAs. It's not really a true uh, meet against any one or two set teams. Women's basketball will hit the road. They've got a 7 p.m. tip at Virginia. Currently listed for ACC Network Extra, so make sure you get your computers and phones ready to watch online. And then we get to Friday, and this Holy cow. Friday is long. <laughs> so, so bear with us, because this is going to be more than just uh, one or two breaths in here. <laughs> Louisville Swim and Dive will continue and wrap up the Louisville Invitational early. That morning, Friday, finals will run that night. Track and field. Uh, I'm guessing it's still indoors for a little bit longer. They're going to be down at Clemson, South Carolina at the Tiger Paw Invite. The weather could be warm enough down there. It's outdoors, but I do believe they're stuck in the indoor portion for a little bit longer. The other part of track and field is going down to Nashville Music City Challenge, host of Vanderbilt. It doesn't really say who's going where yet, so we'll do a little digging to get that figured out. And then our spring sports have finally arrived. So softball will kick off their season down in Clearwater, Florida, where it's going to be much warmer and nicer than here. They've got an 11 a.m. start against South Alabama on Friday and will immediately turn around and play rival Kentucky after that 1.30 p.m. Uh, there's no streaming currently listed for that. Uh, we will update you as that comes along. Uh, women's tennis will stay at home. They've got Cincinnati at the Bass Road Tennis Center, 11 a.m. on Friday. Should be indoors as well. Louisville Lacrosse starts their season. They're going to be at home. They host Denver. This is going to be a 1 p.m. start. Um, so I'll try and make it over there with Polly if I, I'm going to get off work a little early, head over there. It was a tough one against Denver last year on the road, so hoping Teeter Squad will bounce back and get some revenge this year. And just looking, I guess it's a rivalry for multiple teams as men's tennis will that evening. Friday will take on Kentucky as well. So busy, busy slate on Friday, and then kind of looking at Saturday as we get started on radio next week. Uh, you'll see track and field still split with the Tiger Paul invite, Music City challenge going on both of those going on and everything else after that in terms of softball basketball lacrosse will be after we get off air so we'll hit that yeah. next week so the track and field will definitely be indoors because this is the indoor season track and field actually treats indoor versus outdoor as separate sports uh so they ab absolutely are tennis is the only one where it's like well you know we may go outside if the weather's nice <laughs> so, weather pending, right yeah so yeah, you don't normally see any delegation on that on tennis. I never really looked yeah. at it in that way, but I because it's I think it's usually like a game time decision. I, I mean, I think I even I went to one where I think they even had like the doubles inside because that's always first, and then moved outside for the singles because it had warmed up in the morning. So it's nice. Why don't you go out on the veranda? Yeah. The yeah. kids will play a little tennis sitting here in the chair. Ten yeah. Tennis is a little bit weird that way. So, certainly, uh, always fun to get over there if you can to the Bass Road and catch activities. So, yeah, that Friday's Friday was kind of the hammer. Wet, so, go on and anticipate indoors for tennis Friday. Yeah, but if it's you're supposed going to be like fifty, yeah, go on, bundle up, and they've kind of been hit or miss with allowing umbrellas in the past at lacrosse. Uh, so bring a rain jacket, and it doesn't hurt to bring a raincoat with you or an umbrella with you. And if they say sure, you got it on hand with you. Friday's supposed to be sunny, so from what I'm seeing, hopefully that will hold. And yeah, oh, it won't rain till the evening Friday, so hopefully at least yeah. day will be much better. It will be interesting to kind of get down there and see how things are going this year with lacrosse. I haven't had an opportunity besides just the one sports interview that we did with the spring sports in uh, detail in the media, in, uh, the media or what was there from the media and, and those sports a chance to talk to teeter too much about his team 
we've gotten a lot of hints on softball and some of the things that we know might be happening and have a good chance of happening there. But Teeter's kind of kept things close to vest so far. And it'll be interesting to see how they come out against uh, what I like to call the Colorado Bunch, as both Colorado schools will be in here, Denver and the University of Colorado to play us. Uh, it's kind of been, if I remember this right, Jared, a situation where we've gone there and played two games in the state. The following year, they come here and play two games, and it's back and forth like that. Yeah, we, we've certainly built up that good, I don't really want to say a rivalry, but kind of a good established, oh, home and away with both Denver and Colorado, which is nice to have some strong non-conference opponents on the schedule every year that you're guaranteed you're going to have and then be able to travel back and forth and support each other's programs. And I'm trying to re- <laughs> remember, I can't think of any other teams in Colorado that play lacrosse. Just Denver and Colorado are the only two that I'm aware of. Because any of the other major colleges in fact, I can even think of would be Colorado State, and I don't think they do. At least I've never seen them cross any of the ACC school schedules or our schedule. They have men's lacrosse. But other than that, uh, I, I can't think of anybody else. But it will be nice to, to welcome them in here to see what's going on with that and see how the the 23 version of Louisville lacrosse looks. Club, I think. Hmm. Yeah, don't know. Let us go ahead and kind of, I think, jump back to what has happened earlier in this week. It was a, kind of an interesting week for Louisville women's basketball and the fact that they did not play Thursday night in the ACC. That will happen to you during conference play once or maybe even two times where you play on Sunday and then you stop and you don't play again until the next Sunday. Your Thursday game is a bye game or you're not in action. But the Cards did play last Sunday. Uh, got in the old Express and flew up to, to Syracuse to take on the Orange up there. And the and forgive me if I can't think of this year's name of the dome up there. It seems to change so often. But uh, they went up and played basketball in the dome. And yeah. actually had about 5,000 or so. JM, J, JM, JMA dome? Is that what it is? Is it JMA, guys? I think that's what it was. J, something like that. JMA. Yeah. I think it's JMA. That'll work for this year. Let's see what they come up with next yeah. year. Yeah. I'll just call it the Syracuse Dome is the same way yeah. uh, our newly named LNNFCU football stadium is going to remain Cardinal <laughs> Stadium for most fans. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's a whole different issue we could jump into, but yeah. I'm not going to get there. Uh, on Technically, that. it's the JMA Wireless Dome. But uh, everybody calls it the JMA Dome, apparently. So. Well, that's interesting. I wonder yeah. what type of industry they'll go into next as they've done with heating and air conditioning in the carrier dome. <laughs> Which was not air conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Bizarre Irony stuff either. indeed. You can, apparently, you know, your phones don't work in it currently. Apparently. Because, <laughs> you know, got to keep up the irony, right? We had kind of wondered and discussed before this game last week. I think we even did a bit of it here on the show about whether Jeff Walls would do any dramatic shakeups or makeups to the lineup and how he would handle things with the team and, and with the squad to kind of see how they were going to react after you know, losing what many of us considered kind of a rough loss that you'd always hate to see the North Carolina State, a team that uh, we don't really we're not really big fans of theirs, okay, except for Miss Wolf. I'm in love with her, (laughs) but the rest of them can go to hit. Uh, Yeah, I said that. And then, of course, obviously the one that kind of shocked everybody and turned the world upside down, the cards decided to go to Wake Forest and pick up an easy 20-point win. No, what? What's that you say? (laughs) The Demon Deacons who defeated Louisville. I think it was nine point sixty-eight fifty-seven win. So going to Syracuse on the heels of that, it just 
kind of made you wonder how we got to do up there. Is it going to be a tough one for us? Do you think there's a chance that we might actually lose three in a row in the ACC? Oh, my gracious goodness, no, let's hope not. What kind of Cardinal team are we going to get? Jeff Wallace answered that question pretty early. When when Jeff, he kind of looked at us and, and said, this is the starting lineup I've used for so many times, but guess what? It's not going to be my starting lineup today. Hitting us right off the bat with some changes. And, and, you know, you can't blame Walls for wanting to do the experience, okay? He saw some things in practice. He saw some kids that wanted an opportunity. He saw some things that might fit personnel and player-wise better against the Orange than his previous starting lineup. And he would have went at great lengths to defend those that, that normally start, that didn't start. But uh, going up there, he put Nyla Harris in the starting lineup. One that had been certainly playing such great ball as a freshman for Louisville. Always good to see her out there. Uh, a lot of our fan base has been calling for Mikasa Robinson, Mikasa to get the start over CC Carr. That happened Sunday. And we also saw Narika Kono jump into the starting lineup. Uh, I'm saying she stepped in there, I guess, you know, as, as somebody that Wallace saw as a great distributor, a great facilitator of things on on the court and Walsh was kind of you know proud of the starting lineup and put them out there and said you guys go get them and what we saw involved into a very interesting game in a lot of aspects for Louisville uh Jeff and I know Jared you probably didn't see much of this one I'm guessing uh kind of in and out I didn't watch it to the full but I followed most of it yeah this was a Nyla Harris's chance to come out and Jeff uh, step on the, the main stage and say, hey, I'm here. And she certainly took advantage of it. She, she did. She did. I liked a lot of what I saw out of the starting lineup. Uh, of course, Casa, we know, is always a game changer. She comes out there and she, she disrupts the other team. Um, she's got a, just a good eye for where everything is going in on the court. She's not much of an offensive threat herself, but she makes everyone else a better a bigger offensive threat um, with, you know, her passing and just, you know, getting in the way, setting picks, all the things you do that don't necessarily get stats. So um, it's good to see her out there. Good to see her get that start. Um, I I kind of, I'm in the camp of thinking she should be starting more, um, but uh, you know, okay. Uh, then, uh, Kasa, uh, excuse me, uh, Nuri Kikono comes out there and, and we've seen that she has a, just a really good eye for the game. And again, just knows what's going on on the floor again, makes everyone around her better. Um, again, though, I think, you know, sacrificing a little bit of the first person offense there, like with Casa, but, you know, in an effort of making everybody else better, uh, that idea of playing in a team play. Uh, Nyla Harris comes out and she hit some shots. She made some, she made some baskets. Uh, she, she provided some of that offensive threat that uh, was, we, I, I think we lost with putting Casa and Narika out there a little bit, but made up for it a little bit with Nyla Harris. And I think just played a better team game uh, than what our normal starting lineup does. Um, and I like that, uh, you know, win or lose. I like watching that, type of basketball more uh personally so i was certainly thrilled um great that we also got the win out of it uh and i think it kind of shook up uh syracuse a little bit uh you know anytime you you know change the starting lineup like that you're changing the scout that they're playing against uh so that takes them a little bit out of what they were planning on a little bit so uh yeah i'm i was really thrilled i i love watching nyla Harris play anyway uh, so seeing her come out there and, and do well was was gratifying. Marissa Russell came out there off the bench and, and did some good stuff as well. So, you know, it was, it was great to see those things. Great to see a little bit of change up in it. And maybe a little shakeup is what the team needs to to kind of get their heads on straight a little more. I don't know. There's there's definitely some some issues with this team overall that need to get straightened out. And maybe this is how you get there. You know, Jared, a, a couple of the things in this game, I thought the cards did very good. Unfortunately, they 
held on to one trait that we were hoping they would lose, and that, that trait being losing a large lead. Louisville <laughs> <laughs> had, had, had actually had a two-point lead at the end of the first quarter, had built that up to 12, and then all of a sudden said, okay, you saw what we did. What do you want to do? Sure, go ahead. Syracuse goes on a 19-2 run, and all of a sudden they've got a five-point lead late in the quarter. So, uh, oh, you just kind of hope that that part of the Cardinals game had disappeared, but it looks like it's here to stay, doesn't it? Yeah, I think this is about three straight games where they've given up fairly large runs. I know that was the dagger against Wake Forest, and NC State prior to that had a couple sizable runs. Uh, so this trend is not one I'm hoping we keep because it's not a good trend to have. But it seems like at times the offense stalls altogether. And then a little bit of panic sets in because shots aren't falling and a ball movement becomes a little sporadic. Uh, the shot selection's not as great. And then it feeds into the defense. Defense isn't getting back and getting set as they need to and allows uh, opposing teams, especially Syracuse, was able to capitalize that on a few there. Uh, kind of in transition points. Uh, but I think big thing was being able to settle down after that going into halftime and I'm not sure if it's something Wall said to the team or if it's a player-led conversation but to be able to come out after that run in the second quarter and start the the third quarter pretty good and outscore Syracuse by nine in that third quarter was a very big statement and I think it shows that the maturity of this team is starting to develop and show more. If, if you want to kind of, Jeff, I think, classify the second quarter as the, the quarter of runs, where eventually the Cards ended the quarter on a 5-0 run to be down by only two at halftime. The third quarter could be kind of classified, I think, as the long, straight, boring drive where the scenery doesn't change quarter. So Louisville started to slowly chip away at the lead and then take the lead and build upon the lead and actually build the lead up to seven points in that third quarter where we saw some great play from C.C. Carr. We hadn't mentioned her name mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, and and, and I noticed that the, the second and third quarters both were relatively high scoring overall. Uh, you know, Syracuse scored, you know, out, beat us in the second quarter 23-19, but we beat Syracuse 27-18 in the third quarter. Those are relatively high scoring qu- quarters just in general. Um you know, compared to like fourth quarter, we won 18 to 13. So a little bit more reasonable there, typical. So, you know, it's kind of became a track meet, which usually is to, to U of L's credit, uh, to U of L's benefit. Um, but yeah, some, some great play. Um, I think, you know, it's one of those, I wonder if it's one of those things where some of these players just do better when they come off the bench than, when they're starting, they get a chance to get into the game more. We've talked about it in the past with some other players uh, in UFL history. And I, I, maybe that's the case here. Maybe that's that's the key to some of these players. Um, Jeff Walls yeah. definitely points out what you're saying. Yeah. When he held his presser with the media members uh, on, on Thursday, well, one of the things that he said was, you all don't remember last year, I barely started Liz Dixon at any games. Yeah. I brought Liz in off the bench. Yeah. And she seemed to be fine with that, and she seemed to play better. Mm-hmm. People don't remember that, but that's what happened. Yeah. And if you kind of think back to it, you think to yourself, yeah, that's right, because we had Emily out there, and we had O out there. Yeah. Liz was one of those girls that kind of came in after the fact. Yeah. I mean, and that goes all the way back to, you know, was, who was a Keisha Hines that he was like, yeah, she, she plays better coming off the bench. So yeah, she's, she played the majority of the minutes, but there was one or two minutes at the beginning of the game where she was on the bench, just kind of getting her head into the game more, I guess. And, and, and came in. So similar sort of situation, maybe developing for some of these players, um, you know, Crystal Carr comes off the bench, but she plays 25 minutes. It's, um, nearly the highest uh, of, of, of the game. Uh, I mean, Casa was out there 37, but uh, um, other, other than that, the only person that had more minutes was Haley Van Lith at 25. So, you know, she was out there the bulk of the game out there playing. So it's, it's not like 
she's not getting playing times so like um not getting getting respect on the team and, and and a chance to show what she does just yeah maybe take a couple of minutes at the beginning of the game to kind of get into the flow of it so watching what whoever's playing your position and the person who's guarding the player in your position just might be doing that there and yeah. seeing how you might be able to get in there and improve upon that or at least maintain the success of what's happening in those particular transactions on the court. Yeah. And she ended up with 14 points. I mean, that's a respectable, you know, 14 points, eight assists, um, you know, five steals. That's a pretty respectable stat line. You so, can't shake your head at it. Yeah, it? yeah. It also brought up an interesting dilemma that we were about to experience is we had a seven-point lead at the end of the third quarter. So going into the fourth quarter, how would the fourth quarter go? Yeah. Would we see Louisville be able to avoid one of those notorious scoring lapses and, and, and give this lead back to them? Or would they be able to actually show a little killer instinct and pull away from the orange? I, I think we were kind of pleased with what happened here, Jared. Yeah, I think uh, up until those final few minutes where they pulled off the gas there for a while and then really extended the lead, pushed up nice, uh, strong, comfortable lead. And then I think kind of the turning point, those final few minutes, was when Morgan Jones went down with uh, a, a sprained ankle. It, it seemed like Louisville had everything just well in control. She went down, and then it it's weird because it felt like when she went off, the offense stalled. And although she wasn't overly productive in her scoring output, I think just her presence on the court had allowed uh, the chance for some other players to open up their offensive game. But yeah, I mean, there for a while, the, the foot was on the gas, really pushing forward at Syracuse and just felt good. It felt like the Louisville basketball of, of old until that injury happened. A 21-point lead that we saw disappears to a, what turned out to be, I think, like a 12-point lead at one time, and then even further than that when Morgan gets hurt. Fortunately, we found out that it was, and I know in parlance, oh, it's just a sprained ankle. Gee, don't you think those could be kind of painful? Yes, they can, obviously. But it wasn't any type of bone breakage or anything like that because the way she hit the floor, Jeff, I was a little worried there. Yeah, and the way she reacted to it, um, it, it I mean, there, there can be degrees of discomfort, you know, that, you know, a barely twisted of an ankle is, you know, oh, gosh, that hurts. Let me walk it off to, you know, a severe sprain. You, you may be on crutches for a few days, you know. Um, so there can be degrees to that. The way she reacted to it, it, it looked pretty bad initially. Um, you know, it, you know, the report is good that there's no uh, physical no, no uh, structural damage there that it sounds like it'll be a pretty quick recovery. So I think Wall said she should be back at hundred percent tomorrow. So um, good news there, but uh, yeah, scary moment. Uh, anytime anybody goes down like that, you, you're kind of like, Oh no, you don't want to see that regardless of which team it's on, you know, watching a player take a double like that does kind of uh, make you kind of roll your eyes up in your head and go, Oh, God, that's the last thing I needed to see. I hope she's going to be okay. Yeah. Because yeah, she is a very integral part of this team. So don't want to see her down for sure. Yeah. But the, the Cards did get the win. They kind of rode on the momentum a little bit. I was uh, kind of prepared to uh, get my body down to the Cuber Center on the Planet Fitness facility for a Wednesday press conference when, lo and behold, boom. I got this uh, text from our Louisville women's basketball SID, and Matt Paris told me, uh, we're going to move this thing to Thursday. Are you <laughs> still good with that? Do you think you can make that? I think I could be there. No problem. I'll be there. And then mere hours before I was to go down on Thursday, I get another kind of text from him. Hey, we've decided to go virtual with this thing instead of people showing up in person. <laughs> Are you okay with that? And I'm like, well, what if I were to all of a sudden say, no, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Open up the damn media room. I want to sit in there by myself and <laughs> ask pissed off and bitter and ask stupid questions. 
don't know what all <laughs> the factors that came into play. But Jared, I'm trying to remember if I, all the years we've been doing this, if we ever had like a weekly presser change twice within the span of like 48 hours. There may have been an occasion during the COVID-19 season, but other than that, I don't recall a bunch yeah. of last-minute changes the way that this happened this week. Pressers themselves were rough to come out during the COVID period, but, uh, you know, there was, it was maybe some things were going on that, that, that just Coach couldn't get his arrangement out. I know he wasn't real happy with the attendance at his last presser. Maybe that had a little something to do with it. But uh, so... Everybody, <laughs> nice to get the respect though that they're checking with you about it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you know, I, you know, Matt actually Walls had kind of said, "You're not coming to my pressers anymore. Why not?" Yeah, uh, I said, "Well, coach, here's the situation on Wednesdays. I have this to do from here to here, and I have that to do every Wednesday without fail." And he's like, "Oh, I, I didn't know that." He said, "Well, I really don't like Wednesdays anyway." <laughs> he said, "But that's the day we have to do them." I think he should just uh, come to your house and do the pressers. <laughs> I'm thinking probably it would be a great idea, and we would sit on the sunny side of the house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right now we don't want to be. We don't want to have anything to do with facing north. Yeah. But if we're sitting out front, we're facing the street. The sun's shining. We could put up a little, like you know, he could bring his slide along with him. Yeah. Slide off the roof. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Let the kids climb up a ladder and slide down the roof. and no, It could be a lot of fun. But a uh, good crew on hand uh, to ask questions on the Thursday virtual presser. And the way they do those is if they put Wallace's picture up there. And you can see him actually fielding the questions and actually giving you the answers. Although your audio and vis- video is on you can't see your picture on the screen with walls. All you can see is just like two initials for who is on the broadcast with him. And in my case, just one initial because I go in as Paulie all the time. Yeah. So uh, one will flash when one's talking too. So it's kind of neat. But uh, so it looked like walls had held his basically, basically one of the corners of his office on campus down at the Cooper Center, and the others that were at the actual presser were doing it from the locations they were most comfortable, mine being in my little studio den here where I do a lot of the Cardinal Couple writing and researching and stuff and also uh, kind of pay the family bills. So I was in my Hubble. He was in his Hubble. We were off doing Hubbles. And I'd asked the crew about some questions. Y'all were good about giving him some responses. What questions can I ask Walls? One of the main questions I think everybody had on their mind and uh, was the status of Morgan Jones. And Jared, it looked like as we had surmised, it was an ankle sprain. They kind of took some limited reps on it in practice. And they're thinking she'll be 100% good to go. Against Notre against North Carolina Sunday, Jared. How big and how important is she going to be in this game? Well, first, I think having this Thursday off as kind of a, like a bye week by game was probably the most crucial part of this whole recovery process. Is that's a game you didn't try and rush to get her back in or extra practices or game planning. It was just time for her to be able to kind of sit back and work on recovery as well as the rest of the team could kind of maybe recover a little bit as the schedule has been quite uh, gruesome lately. But yeah, I think having Morgan Jones back to this North Carolina could be a, a game changer. Her athleticism is incredible. She's had some really bright moments in some recent games, whether she's just shooting off the charts with high scoring or her being able to find the open players or her presence being on the court on offense has been great. I think her defense has stepped up a little bit lately as well, uh, which has allowed Walls to feel more comfortable leaving out her out there for longer stretches. Uh, so having her back for North Carolina, even if we only see her for 15 minutes or something, it, those, her presence on the court can make a big difference, and it also gives her teammates uh, 
a quick breather here and there if they need it. One of the things that was also asked of Walls on that was the bye week status. And I kind of asked him, was, what do you think about the bye week for you all coming at this time of the season, this time of the year? He said, well, this year it turned out great. I couldn't have asked for a better week to have a bye week. Yeah. He said, our team was home by 530 on Sunday from Syracuse. He said, we took Monday off. Tuesday, some light shooting. Took Wednesday off. And then had a kind of a light Thursday and the rest of the week leading up into tomorrow. Uh, they were going to go at it pretty hard on Friday and today in practice. But just to see how that kind of helps the team from a different viewpoint of how to handle a work week in women's college basketball, Jeff, I think it really, really was a benefit to this team when they most really sincerely needed it. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would look at how this team has been playing and saying that they're really at 100% and, you know, take a week and kind of catch their breath and, and get a little bit of a rest, you know, um, that sometimes you need that that little bit of the break to kind of rejuvenate your, not not just body, but, you know, obviously they have, you know, the trainers and stuff that help with that, but certainly, in, in, you know, an extra couple of days helps with that as well. But also mentally, just kind of take a break, an extra little bit or bit of a break, and kind of mentally kind of reengage with it. So, um, it clearly was a good time, well timed break for this team. I don't, I don't think anybody could look at how this team has been playing and say that they're not going to benefit from this. I, I'll be shocked if they don't come out and look much more um, enthusiastic tomorrow compared to what they were last week. You would th- certainly think that. They would be able to do that. Chair, uh, let's let's take a look at what lays ahead here in UNC. They're, they're a very talented team from top to bottom. They, they play fantastic defense. They really don't have that one particular scorer or person who's going to step up and punish you each week or each game. But they have a series of players that are certainly capable of doing so. Uh they're a very scary team on paper. And when you take a look at some of the schools that they have defeated and had wins against, uh, they're a team that, that kind of gives me a little bit of a, a, a tremors here, a little bit about, oh, hell, we got to play them. Hmm. Yeah, they're, uh, they've been riding kind of a, a hot streak lately. Winners of eight straight in that stretch, you've got win against Notre Dame, win against NC State, win against Duke, all in the span of a week and a half. And that's three of your top ACC teams right there, back to back to back, kind of in that stretch. I mean, it, it's tough, and they've played a, a strong schedule. I mean, even their non-conference, I think they had Oregon, Iowa State, Indiana, Michigan. They've had a lot of tough opponents that have really helped build them up to where they're at this point in the season. Strong team. Uh, maybe they're a little bit underrated going into the season, overlooked. But as you said, they're they're tough, they're scary, I mean, they're flirting with the top ten right now. I mean, they could easily get up into that top one or two seed line before the end of the season. They're, I'd say they're comfortably sitting as a host school for the NCAA tournament right now. And so they're, they're playing with maybe a little bit more pressure, though, coming in with the – understanding that they've got to keep winning to uh, retain that host seed line. While UofL's kind of at the point this year where I think being a host for the tournament is out of reach, so you don't have as much pressure. You got can kind of go back to just playing loose, relaxed ball, plus Louisville's coming off this bye week. So I think just based off some of the circumstances, could be considered maybe a, a trap game for North Carolina. And I think Louisville needs to capitalize on it because I think we can easily get the win. You can imagine me the old situation where the the hero and the heroine are on the top floor of the abandoned building, hiding, hopefully they're safe, but then they hear the angry masses in the crowd ascending the stairways coming up to get them. And that's kind of what the AZZ conference alignment looks like right now as far as the standings go. You've got a couple of schools up there that are on the top. But they're kind of glancing down the stairway going, oh, hell, look who's coming. Yeah. And they're not happy, and they're in a hurry. 
uh, North Carolina, one of those teams that's eight and three in conference play. That that does put them, let's say, a flight below or a few steps below the the two that are at the top of the conference right now. And, uh, Notre Dame, of course, being one of those, and Florida State certainly a school that's been playing well. But uh, what has Notre North Carolina done? They beat Virginia at home. Okay, well that's. That's certainly not unexpected, but you got to win the ones at home that you get like that. Uh, are they a team that's going to get a chance to host? Possible at the end of the tournament is very possible. Deja Killy, Jared, we've heard that name for years down there. A very, very good player. Uh, Kennedy Todd Williams, another that can score well, but uh, they certainly have some others that can, can light you up when you least expect it. And uh, coming in here is an advantage for Louisville. Uh, I was surprised in looking back at this stuff, and the Cards actually lead this series 8-4. And if anybody had told me that, Jared, I would have been uh, incredulous to what they had said. I would have said, no, nah, you're wrong. Go back and double-check it. But they do lead this series 8-4 to against them. And 4-0 and in games that have been played at the KFCM Center. Have all these been since Louisville joined the ACC? Because it doesn't sound like a high number of uh, games played against each other. This actual series goes back, starting with the 84-85 season. And it'll be upcoming 13th meet, meet or match between the two schools. So this mm-hmm. actually took place uh, kind of like right around a little before, I think, the Walls era. 84, 85 times. That's interesting because, I mean, we've been in the ACC for, what, 10 years now. You would expect a few more meetups than that in that time period. Yeah. Typically two a year, but sometimes one a year. But I I guess North Carolina's we've had one a year for many of those years, which seemingly just just seems a little odd to me. But But I think the number of wins that we had over them was the the main one that got me, 8-4. That's yeah. It's pretty good. They did get us last year down there when we played them on the the, the Dean Smith Court down there. And then, the, the, unfortunately, a, a game where Louisville was right in the ball game and then uh, just kind of got upset there right at the wire, 66-65, to 65 when uh, Kennedy Todd Williams, there's one of those names again, put together a couple winning free throws with about – 16 seconds to play, and then it was the situation of frustration as failure as Louisville came down, got several good looks at the shot to hit the actual tie or even get the win. But unfortunately, Keanu Smith missed one. Uh, Chelsea Hall grabbed a rebound, put it back up, and fell down. The ball sat on the rim. It seemed like forever, if you'll remember that, before slowly rolling off. And then the Tar Heels got the win as the clock expired. So, gee, that's pretty much drama laced, didn't it, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, you know, I, I never know what to make of North Carolina. Like that during the silly Hatchell years, they were, they always seemed like they should be better than they were. Right. Right. Uh, and now they've got Courtney Banghart as coach, and she's doing some great things, and they're really kind of coming on. And it seems like they're they sneak up on you now. So uh, I never know what to make of this team. Um, I've just kind of been looking through their wins and losses, they and a little bit of the roster. Like like they started off in conference. They had a really rough start in conference. Their conference opening, they lost three in a row, um, and then they've won the rest. So it's like. I don't know what it was about starting conference that just took them a little bit to get their head in gear. Uh, but now they seem to be pretty dangerous in, in, in this, you know, chaos conference that we're in this year. So conference chaos. It is indeed. Yeah. And Georgia well, tech looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys thinking here? You can't beat us. We're Duke. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, NC State on Thursday they beat. Yeah, watch us. <laughs> what? And and yeah, well, NC State is the one that's totally blown my mind. Yeah, because I figured they'd be a, a forerunner for the the conference title this year. Yeah, and they're kind of mid back. 
And I kind of thought, hey, they're losing Kune, no big deal, whatever. Yeah. Made a little bit of difference. We'll see how it all rolls out and turns out. I don't think that Louisville is going to. Uh, I'd be surprised if we end up in the top four, but there's way too many games to be played yet to make that bold prediction. I'm just going to hope that this mm-hmm. new starting lineup is the first of many changes that have been great for Louisville. And we start playing the, what the, some of our readers like to call cards basketball. Yeah. Cards basketball. And we're, we're at seven and four. North Carolina's eight and three. They're in fourth currently in the standings. Uh, Virginia Tech is eight and four right, right between us. I mean, if we beat them tomorrow, depending on what Virginia Tech does, we would end up tied for fourth. Right? Well, you so, also got to also looking at that Notre Dame's only two games uh, hit a little right now as well. Cards and Irish have right. two games yeah, to play. Two games to play, yeah. Miami's tied with Louisville. That game's later this year. I mean, Louisville still controls their own destiny. It's not to the point of the season where you're yeah. you're hoping and praying for this and that to happen. I mean, you continue to win and yeah. you should move to the top four, no problem. Yeah, I mean, we've laughed about the chaos of different teams beating other teams that you don't expect and a lot of upsets happening. But it's also just chaos trying to figure out what the scenarios are for this kind of, as we approach the end of the season, going, what does it take to get here? And what are the options to to make it to that level? It's It's really hard to figure that out this year. It's a little early, but little early indeed but we'll find out we'll see where it gets there like you mentioned the 500 pound gorilla is no longer hiding in the corner of the room the 500 pound gorilla has walked in and said hey i want you guys twice in notre dame okay. yeah there's no longer no longer one that we're kind of fearing the anticipation of playing oh we're gonna play them we're gonna pay them twice and we're gonna play them up there once as well so also you know chaos conference and Trying to make sure you're using the right size ball. <laughs> well, I think it's a great excuse for Jeff Walls to use the rest of the year. Something does not go his way. <laughs> Did somebody measure the ball before it's we like, came what? in here? Enlighten us on this a little bit more, Jeff, on this so, strange, strange situation between yeah, so Duke the, and Florida State. Holy cow. The claim is, oh, Duke goes to Florida State and... After the game, Carol Lawson, coach of Duke, claims that they played the first half with a men's ball instead of a women's ball, which is heavier and bigger. Um, you know, changes the way the game is played. Um, now, I will say, credit goes to Carol Lawson. She did say, you know, both teams are playing with the same ball, so it's not like there was really a particular advantage. And Florida State beat them with both this supposed men's ball in the first half and with a women's ball in the second half. But, uh, you know... It's kind of a screwed up situation, assuming that's happened. Now, the ACC and Florida State have both denied that that's been the case. Uh, yeah. So, you would well who knows. expect them to take that defense, though. Yeah. Oh, us did anything wrong? No. Yeah. So, man, I don't know. It's, it's screwball. Uh, it, and I think it speaks to <clears throat> it not being, you know, it, women's basketball should have more attention should have more respect and, and, you know, those sorts of mistakes shouldn't happen. You know, what's going on with the officiating there that that wasn't looked at and checked, you know, we've complained about assuming this is the case, you know, we've complained about officiating so much and, and it's just another example of it. Just what the heck happened here? How does this happen? Well, if the ball ends up in my hands tomorrow at any point, I'll make sure they do it. Yeah, look so. at it real quick. Yeah. Make sure you get your tape measure and your photography yeah. get there. <laughs> should say on it in text, right? It yeah. should. Yeah. But that was the old, I th- and I want to attribute it to Erica Carter, but I'm not positive if it was her or not. She would actually go over and measure. <laughs> yeah, measure the ball? Yeah. I, I, think, I think I saw somebody say that was Dana Evans that did that. but Maybe it was remember. Dana. I can't yeah. remember which guard it was, but she would actually go over with a tape measure and measure the ball. Yeah. Okay, okay this looks fine. Yeah. Shall we move to the rims? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. The old scene from Hoosiers, you know, where they walk into the... But anyway. Yeah, he measures. Yeah. What do you got? We got 10.6, coach. What is it at home? 10.6, coach. Okay. Yeah. Point made. Yeah. 
so uh, uh, I oh boy, that's what a black eye. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, put those basketballs over with those. We'll, we'll get rid of some of the clutter. Yeah. Okay. We also had some great news go on this week earlier in the area of field hockey, where one of our yeah. favorites to watch for so many years, uh, Jared and Amy Plum, was able to get the ACC Scholar Athlete of the Year. What an honor. Oh, yeah. I mean, we always brag on how talented our players are in terms of their skills on the field or court. But Louisville also has taken great pride in the academic side of its student-athletes. And it's shown year after year with several different sports. And field hockey has always been near the top, if not the top team, in terms of academics. Uh, and Amy Plum is obviously no exception with uh, just how brilliant she is. A strong work ethic. Uh, and She's been a great example of a great overall player for a program and we've been fortunate to have her and I'm happy she earned and was recognized with this honor because I think she deserves it a hundred percent. And her second year in a row to get that, mm -hmm. I might add. And before that, if you want to go back a little bit further, Allie Bidding took home that same title in twenty twenty one. So a great success for field hockey and getting those kind of recognitions and honors and you know i'm looking still looking forward to the season i can't wait to get back at the traeger mm -hmm. see him have some fun out there uh see what happens with that but other than that guys uh as we roll fully into the transitional phase now what i mean into that is we are going to obviously be seeing some things going on with our softball squad even though it's out of town and they're down at the, uh, I can't remember what they call this thing, the NFA. NFCA Clearwater yeah. Invitational, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it starts on the 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Have yeah, I got my information? Friday, I think, right? Okay, so Whatever I got that my is. information right on that. Okay. The 10th, yep. And they will actually uh, be uh, playing South Alabama and Kentucky. One of two times that Kentucky will appear on the roster. Uh, real quickly, I'll ask you kind of quickly both on this, guys. Uh, softball expectations and hopes, Jared. Um, that's tough because I haven't gotten a chance to really see them play much. I got to pop in for a couple <laughs> fall uh, games. I think a lot of it's going to come down to how healthy the pitching roster can stay this year. I think if they stay healthy and you've got your four or five person pitching rotation, this could easily be, uh, you know, win two thirds to 75% of the game's tight team. I think probably more realistically, you're looking at about two thirds of the season getting wins. Uh, still kind of a fairly young rebuilding program right now. Uh, but I think that transfer at shortstop Daisy S is also going to make a big difference. Yes, yeah, seems to be quite a focal point early on for the Cardinals, Jeff, in public appearances and media appearances, things of that nature. And uh, I've never really seen us kind of go to and gather around a transfer in like we've done this year with her. Am I missing one somewhere? This one seems to hmm. be a very, very big one that the the actual SID crew and everything else that we'll kind with of make it a big deal of it. Yeah. Are, are, I can't hey, look what we got. Yeah, I can't really think of too many. Um, I would have to go back and look through rosters and try to figure out if there were any, but I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Um, you know, I, I, to kind of answer the question you asked, Jared, I think my, I, I think I agree with you know rough expectations there. I, mostly, I want to see one. I want to see the team stay healthy. Uh, certainly, that was a challenge last year. We got had people injured left and right last year. Um, and I think if they do that, then I think I'm looking to see some solid improvement over results from last year. That's that's what I want out of this team right now. I don't necessarily, 
not necessarily looking for, uh, you know, advanced to super regionals or whatever at this point. I'm, you know, if we can get some, a solid advancement and improvement over what we did last year, you know, again, helped by not being hurt, hopefully, uh, across, you know, so many different players. And then, you know, a good solid regional appearance, I think, you know, that's, I think a lot of these programs just want to look for, con, you know, continuous improvement. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for there. Very good assumptions on all of us as well. Uh, Jared, I know Holly's a pitcher, was a pitcher, has a lot of pitchers now, so she's got to be happy. Uh, is that going to make a profound difference in this team? I think so, because by the time you got to the the tail end of last season, you pretty much had Roby doing, I'd say, about 80% of the work in the circle, and that's just – too demanding on a pitcher, even at the softball level. Uh, I mean, it's going to take a pretty heavy toll on you over time. Uh, this year, she's got a lot more uh, help around her. I mean, Taja Felder's got a year under her belt now. Sam has got a year under her belt, which is great. You've got those two players to fall back on. Gabby Holloway's healthy. It's another uh, player to fall back on. I think we brought in either a freshman or a transfer. So you're taking a lot of pressure off one, maybe two pitchers which also opposing teams can do a lot more film study and game planning when it's only one or two pitchers as opposed to quite a few. So it just, it really spreads it out in terms of the, the pitching and relief and you don't feel as much pressure to, well, you can't pull this player now because you can't sub her back in type of situation. So I think it's going to go a lot better, a lot smoother in the circle. Holly has a lot of toys to play with to start at this softball season. Let's hope none of them break. Uh, guys, just looking at the clock here. We've already reached the noon hour. So, uh, a show that's flown through. We only had a few specific topics, but I think we covered them all very well and gave us kind of a clearer understanding on what we're seeing and what to look for tomorrow and down the road with Louisville Women's Athletics. So, let's go ahead and get into our, our final thoughts. And uh, I'll go ahead and start it out and give you all a couple of minutes just to kind of gather years. Uh, we did not talk a whole lot about lacrosse. There hasn't been a whole lot of conversation about lacrosse out there. And all I can tell you is that the, the schedule for lacrosse is a schedule which I think is one that Louisville is very familiar with. They've played a lot of these teams before. There's a nice mix of non-conference and conference in here. One of the things that Louisville has to do is show that they can finally get up there and be a contender and make a run towards being in the top level. Well, Sonny's decided to have an explosion here in our <laughs> den. Nice job. Wow. Everybody okay? Uh, she was doing her plant watering and then one of the shelves collapsed on uh, her. Okay. okay, so that kills my train of thought completely. Yeah. Uh, I will just say that I think that I hope this is the year we get Scott Teeter to get himself in a position where he is up there and being an ACC lacrosse contender for the conference title. Yeah. I don't think my wish is too stringent. Yep. I think it can happen with the right breaks. All right. Uh, Jeff, how about yourself? Yeah. I, you know, we were just talking about softball and I, I'm just uh, kind of echoing that a little bit. Uh, I can't wait to get back out to Ulmer. Um, it's always a, you know, just a pleasant stress releasing environment to get out there and watch, watch a game or two, uh, you know, a, a week until season opener, but four weeks until their uh, home opener. So, so I got a little while to wait for it to actually get out there, but uh, looking forward to watching some stuff online. It does look like this, this upcoming weekend's uh, softball games are available online in streaming but it's like through the that there's like a game changer you, you stream it through the website uh or and there's a apple and android app for it if you want to so they are we'll get a information on that out there to to be able to watch sounds great hopefully some people can tune in and catch those jared what have you yeah my final thoughts uh more just want to I appreciate the love and support everybody's shown over this 
last week and a half has been a bit rough and just the morning and recovery process. So just really appreciative of all the support everybody's shown, especially uh, our readers with their comments and then everybody here called a couple being able to more than happy to step up and uh, cover for me while I was away for a little bit. What woke me up really well on Thursday morning when I realized, wait, I'm supposed to be doing the right crap. <laughs> As we told Daryl several months ago, you have yourself four big brothers here at this yeah. site. Don't ever worry about anything. Yeah. In your case, you've got a big sister, two big brothers, and a crotchety old uncle who yells at you to get out of his yard all the time, Jared. So you're in good hands here at the shape, okay? <laughs> that will do it for us. We'll be with you guys next Thursday. Next Thursday. Someone will be with me next Thursday, I hope. Who's, whose day is it to watch me? We'll be with you next Saturday at 11 a.m. to catch up with you all. On the Jill, the thrill, Jill, and Jill Bill, excitement of the cards, athletics as they go up, take part and turn in. Until then, everybody have yourself a great rest of the weekend and let's go, cards. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm